Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurb. That's a um, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Well, hello, 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 corner kids. Well, guess who's back? Oh, that's right. It's Mackenzie Green. She's back. We had to because we are doing a deep dive into Marvel Studios Eternals and had to bring her back because she saw it, I think, the day after I saw it, which was like, wow, the day after I saw it, the second time after the Marvel Studios Eternals premiere and been dying to talk about this. Now, don't worry. This is going to be a spoiler free, I guarantee, spoiler free deep dive into the production of the movie. Now, y'all know, since I did the red carpet, I got my hands on the production notes. So there are 10 brand new characters in this film. And so we're going to do a deep dive into just who these characters are, understanding their powers, also understanding a lot of the design elements behind the costume designs, the sets, and things like that, just in order, because it's a lot of movie, to help give you context into this movie, these characters, and because it is so groundbreaking in terms of its representation behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, I mean, it's just a really beautiful thing, so this should be fun, and, but before we get into that, we are going to talk about, we got to talk about The Harder They Fall on Netflix. It is based on real-life black cowboys, which they take some liberties with these cow folk, cowboys and cowgirls, but they're falling short to some real-life colorism when it comes to its casting. Bun, bun, bun. Also, does Khalees have a future as a DJ? I saw her perform live, and I have notes. And will I ever love Idris Elba? I mean, all these questions and so much more, they're all going to be answered today. Yeah, that's right. You got questions. We got the answers right now on a brand new episode of Minority Corner. It's happening right now. Let's do it. go and she's back and we already knew back. eternals came out so it was like we had to summon you back basically <laughs> that's I, I felt that in my bones <laughs> i was trying to manifest it i was like i want to talk about this movie i want to talk about this movie <laughs> you're like the person that i wanted to chat with about it so it took me two days but i finally finished um the harder they fall on netflix because it came out and i was like l this list of actors in it it's insane Regina King, yeah. you already had me there. Jonathan Majors. Regina the King. Uh, Regina the King. The hottest man. Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> and then yes. just Elvis in it. And I have, I I, I think I'm one of the few. I get it. He's there for a certain crowd. I understand. Just There's a crowd. It's not for me. I And it's weird. Like I, He's not for me either. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand what it is. I think there's two things. I have two things that you just saw. But one. <laughs> His character in The Wire, I had difficulties in separating art from the artist in time. And so it was just a terrible <laughs> human being. I can't stand it. 
other thing is, is I think I also have a... Which means he did his job well, so th- good for him. But it started before that. It was something about when I think I found out that he was British and there was his time as an actor. I was like, oh, these British actors coming over here, taking our jobs and our yeah. parts. Um, I think it confuses me that he's like a DJ where I'm like, pick a lane. Meanwhile, I'm like trying to do everything and I'm like, pick something. You can't do all of like it. I went to Outside Lands, the music festival, um, and I, Khalees was DJing. They had Khalees DJing. And you were like, shut up. <laughs> we're like, just play Milkshake. All we yeah. wanted from her. Uh, she eventually did, but we already left her set because she didn't play it fast enough. <laughs> but what was very endearing about Khalees, we love her so much. Um, she her DJ set did bring all the boys to the yard, but she like she was like this is my first time, and that just set the bar right there because it was literally like it. her at a laptop, which I imagine just playing off but of see, iTunes, least, and she would be like, but at least she's like a singer being a DJ. Oh, to me, like right. this really storied, much beloved actor. Also, Idris lost me when he complained about doing the Thor movies when he was like, it's torture. They put those <laughs> contacts in your eyes and it feels really? like glass. Uh, go talk Zoe Saldana you about becoming much green. Like, go. Yeah, I'm like, sir. <laughs> I'm like, Mark Ruffalo's walking around in a onesie with, like, a rig on top of his head looking yeah. like an idiot. They were being like, like, and we <laughs> have to kill him off. Because he also just couldn't understand, like, keeping things secret. He was like, I don't understand. No. And just, he's off. But, like. Yeah, he was like, well, when they killed Loki, that was annoying. <laughs> and you're like. Oh, uh, I haven't seen the movie yet. What? Think about for another eight don't months. say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when Khalees, like, so she would hit the next track. And mainly she was also playing just a lot of music of, like, these are her friends. So she was playing, like, uh, Biggie. Yeah. Just, like, all, like, these, like, 90s, like, hip-hop. And it was just, like. She was playing you her iPod, <laughs> her iPod yes. playlist. She was, like, you want to get my Spotify playlist. playlist? But she would look so serious over there. And then she would, like hit next and it just would go to the next track so the transitions were like not there but her friend who was the actual dj <laughs> would then like be like wicked 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 boom 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 like adding all like the dj sound effects for when she no. accidentally went to like the next track yeah it was her first Good time night. it was her first time <laughs> um so <laughs> not this week because we're it's about to be all eternals but i do in, in yeah. coming weeks i don't want to hold myself to this i'm always like next week i'm gonna talk about this and then something else happens and i'm like oh that's yeah, that means that um but the harder they fall the premise of it is it is based on a lot of i uh, sort of like black cowboy folklore so it's all these like you know folks from the wild west sort of era and that we had like you know we've done talk about this on the podcast before but m- most cowboys were black. Like, there was a lot of, like, black yeah. cowboys. You wouldn't know that from, like, the Western movies that, like, sidelined us. <laughs> yeah. According to Charlton Heston, we were not we there. We were there. Shocker. Uh, and also, too. Clint Eastwood really didn't make it clear that we were there. There's an interesting parallel. Like, back when uh, when Western movies were being prevalently made, it was, like, one in five movies were Western movies. So it's interesting because I think we're yeah. in that era now where it's, like, one in five movies are superheroes. My dad says... <laughs> My dad says that all the time because my mom is a huge – my mom likes Westerns, but my grandfather hated Charlton Heston. Yeah. Like, he was one of these early, like, while everybody else was like, I love Charlton Heston. And he was like, he's a racist. Like, he was in the background, knew. like, the only person in <laughs> Indiana screaming about it. So, like, he loves a Western. And it's like my mom pointed out, she was like, anytime black people are featured, it's always like, oh, well, he's a slave. I adopted. He's a this. He's a And she was like, meanwhile, your grandfather would be like, there were black cowboys. Yes. There have always been yeah. black cowboys. They existed. They were here. So it's very funny to me. But, yeah, my mom constantly is like, oh, superhero movies are the new Westerns. She's like, are. when you 
have she's like when you have your kids these will be considered like classics mm-hmm. and people will probably talk about them and it'll be like oh my god they come out they came out like every week when you were growing up hot huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's that's where the market yeah. is so i feel like i'm having so i'm like everyone calm down I feel like there's too many super this is the moment just let it be here because yes. Wait. My thing is also like let those of us who've been waiting Thank for this you. have this moment. Yes. Like, I love this oversaturation of it. And you know what? Maybe it's yes. not for you. Maybe you just come in for when there's an Avengers movie. That's fine. Don't ruin yeah. this for the rest of us nerds who've been waiting for technology yeah. and the zeitgeist to catch up so we can be looking at our superheroes. Like, I spent the 90s waiting for Katherine Heigl to leave so I didn't <laughs> have to see one more rom-com. As my friends are like, oh my god, and then he held her face. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what any of this is. <laughs> I don't like it. Thank God she just let her monstrous self like do ruin her career for herself. She you thought you were too good for Shonda Rhimes. Oh, 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 lesson learned. Lesson <laughs> learned. She I was wishes. like, that was the day I realized how powerful uh, Shonda was when she. That's why now when people come off Shonda Rhimes shows, because you know how she was like, I have a no asshole role, is like what she told Oprah. Mm-hmm. When people get killed off her shows and don't I'm work like, later, uh, Patrick yeah, Dempsey. I'm like, what did you do? Yeah, instantly I'm like, what did you do? What did you do? Like, I got so nervous when what's his face, Reggae John Page, was like, I'm leaving Bridgerton. And oh, I was like, what did you do? But then yeah. he got a Netflix movie, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, no. okay, you guys are good. Patrick, All right, Patrick Dempsey, and the article, there's articles. Yeah, Patrick like, Dempsey. Things got better after season ten, which is why the show was able. Like, the, there was a toxic yeah. set. Ellen Pompeo was like, yeah, when season ten ended. Things got less toxic. And I'm like, well, what ha- Oh, Patrick Dempsey. Oh, there we go. Oh, and yeah, now he's, he's begging to come uh-huh. back as a ghost. He's like, see, I'm better now. I know. Anyways, so the harder they fall, we're going to dive into this later on because I want to dive into who uh, it's sort of like they took all these characters and sort of like it's none of this is based on anything that actually happened because a lot of these people didn't <laughs> exist in the same time. Yeah. And I do in the same time or space. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And so I do want to circle back because there's a lot of like amazing folks that I'm like, oh, I want to dive in deeper to this. Yeah. But I have to highlight one person in particular because uh, <laughs> we've done I did a full episode on Mary Fields, stagecoach Mary, who is such a <gasps> badass. Ooh. And so I was so excited yeah. that, oh, Mary Fields is in this movie. But then to see that Mary Fields was playing, and I love her, and she does an amazing job with this role. Yeah. But I, she did, she did, she did great. But she was not the right person for it. I, Zazie, Zazie Beats, Bates, Beats, yeah. yes, Zazie Beats. Z- I thought it was Beats. Beats. Yeah, yeah, Zazie Beats, who I love, is playing stagecoach Mary, who is. You look at a picture of. I mean, this is almost yeah. like Z- that is not what stagecoach Mary this looks is like. This Simone movie all over again with the Zoe Saldana, like almost I like. Know. <laughs> yeah, stagecoach Mary is a very dark skin. She's a bigger woman. She was gruff. Like yeah. they really sexied her up in this because she owns like a saloon. Yes. She wears a she like stagecoach Mary was known for like dressing like as a man. Like they kind of make her the love yeah. interest to Jonathan Majors, who I also love and does a phenomenal job with it. And they find a yeah. way to get his shirt off in the movie, which they, I mean, which like that's just for everybody to. else. That's like, just for yeah. Jonathan Majors in the movie. It's like I was great. like, oh, you know, Kang the Conqueror <laughs> is going to be like naked at one point in the movie, like yeah, that. Like true. I wrote the th- I wrote the thirstiest thing once under a Netflix post about him. And even I was like, I'm going to see myself out. <laughs> like, I literally, they put up a picture of him to promo the movie. And I was like, ooh, Kang can conquer me anytime. And then, Get like, ten minutes later, there. I commented on myself. <laughs> and I said, I don't worry. I'll see myself out. And people were <laughs> underneath. And then it got pinned. And one of my friends was oh, like, oh, you just wrote oh, the weirdest oh, thing oh, on the Netflix oh, post. And I was like, 
I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was really excited. I thought it was uh, funny. Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah. So we're going to – we're gonna and, oh, the reason why I brought this up was because um, – so we'll circle back and do a deeper dive. But Jay-Z, who's one of the producers, was like – and I guess – I don't know. It's not like I, <laughs> I don't – I want freedom of speech to exist, but I guess I just want people to be better about how they choose to say the words that come out of their mouth. Jay-Z was up on the stage, and again, who's asking him what he thinks about Dave Chappelle and the transgender movement? But he was like, I have thoughts, and he says, I think that Dave is super brave and is super genius. We spend time with him. Um, He, yeah, was pretty much saying, like, you know, uh, but I, I, I think... That what happens with true art is that it has to cause conversation. Um, yeah, and he's a, he's like, and uh, you know, sometimes it's gonna yeah. be abrasive, and sometimes it's gonna be off-putting to folks. Ugh, it's not just off-putting, my friend, but it opens up an opportunity to have a dialogue about, you know, whatever the issue is. Can I? Th- okay, I'm about to say something that people are gonna be like, what? So when, so I'm a massive Dave Chappelle fan, yeah. born and raised in D.C. So like, he is. Like, he is the dude. Like, I remember the first time I ever heard, like, people from the Bay Area being like, everybody here loves MC Hammer. And I was like, what? And they were like, he's the dude that made it from the Bay. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, it's kind of like that. Where, like, people from D.C. are just like, oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle, done, dusted, over. He's the GOAT. We love him. Like, he can never do any wrong in our eyes. So when I watched the full 75 minutes, I was like, oh, that was, I remember texting my mom. I said, it's a little cringy in spots, but if you listen to the whole thing, like it's got, like the thesis is pretty strong at the end. So then I like went on Twitter and I like said that. And somebody was like, hi, trans person here. What he said was really problematic. And I legitimately said to the person, maybe I'm super dumb, but I don't listen to Dave Chappelle and think that that means like go out and harm a person. And so then they were saying it to me. Of like, well, this is why it's a problem. And then I watched Bob the Drag Queen and Peppermint talking about the special. And I was like, oh, okay. I received that. And then somebody else. And then I had a Chance the Rapper moment where somebody saw the old tweet. And they were like, yeah, this is right. And I looked at their bio. And they were such a hardcore hotep that it was like that time Chance agreed with Terry (laughs) Crews. And then he said, oh, no, this is not the hill I want to die on. Let me come back down. When When a handful of like very hotep accounts were like yes my sister grand rising i agree with you i was like uh oh i'm on the wrong side let me <laughs> let me get off this hill this is not where i want to be bye bye i was wrong bye and like the particular this trans activist that had messaged me was like i almost like snorted out my coffee when i read your tweets being like oh hey sis i received what you said because these are the people that are agreeing with me and if these are the people that agree with me i am clearly standing on the wrong side of this kickball tournament let me get out of here it's so only more jay folks that had that sort of but like that journey i love for one thank you for sharing that journey and that like you sat like we can all because i think i've been there too where i just like oh i don't see anything wrong with it but again i mean it's like when we talked about the we couldn't understand why people were mad about gossip girl and we we're like guys we at least got somebody yes, but then, then some <laughs> darker skinned folks were like and again the same thing is even happening in the harder they fall they cast it yeah. they first of all made yes. stagecoach mary a love interest which we lured her bio like there's nothing that's just not stagecoach yeah, mary there's nothing there's nothing heteronormative about she's this woman but all right all. She, and then they're like she runs serious sexy saloons and she's this love interest and she's also the lighter skin she's a lightest skin actress it's also there. like but they always cast honest, the light skin actress as the love interest but can I be honest? If you're gonna cast her as like the sexy saloon owner, like why 
that bitch was Cass Niecy Nash. But then you've got like oh, sexy looking yeah, woman. Yeah, they could have. She would have been a darker good skin, mm-hmm. but Full she would have been in that corset just yes. giving you boobs. Gah, yeah, just gah, boobs gah. for days. Yes. Yeah, like she would have shimmied once in that thing, and people would have been like, "Ho ho!" Emmy nomination for costume design. If Niecy Nash is coming, comes in there, so I guess I think it's you know Jay Z. Just take note of which side of this thing that you want to be on. And maybe sometimes <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just make just just make your that's all your, it takes. Your, your wild black western Tarantino s movies. Yeah. I do appreciate the harder they fall that it exists because yeah. it it was very much centered around black folks. <laughs> Uh, and it was just nice yeah. to see us in a western. It's very western, even the sound, very hip hop. It's kind of a mess, but yeah. we we love it. It, it, the, it, it. I do have to say, I loved the nods to the like the Malcolm X hand thing, like mm. the and that thing. Yeah. I loved the the train, the the C A Bozeman uh, train. I thought that was really sweet. But yeah, I I don't know. I feel the same way when I hear people talk about this movie as I do about that awful Issa Rae rom com. Which is the photograph? Our no. counterparts, yeah, the photograph. Okay, Peop- yeah, yeah. I, I, my argument is our counterparts have been making terrible movies, good and terrible movies for so long. We should be allowed to have some yes. terrible. Why movies. does everything have to be like? But that's the thing is like when we do it, it has to be like pitch perfect. Like, can't it just be like, oh, that was okay? Or like, oh, okay, they did something there. Like, can't yeah. we just make art yeah. that doesn't have to be perfect? Listen, I love, I love, I love. Anytime I see like you know many tangent but i love when i see these like children of these celebrities who are absolute uh monsters and they're like i have a sunglass line and i'm like good for <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> be like these other rich kids that are like i have a unfounded dick like when uh what's his face when uh dre was like congrats to my daughter that got in on her merit and somebody was like sir doesn't usc have an entire dr dre school of music and i was like yeah dre shh, be quiet yeah like Let's also get a Lego. Just, just take your building, send your daughter to USC, and let's just go with let's it. Go so, with like, it. that's the way I feel with Harder They Fall. I'm like, okay, it's not great, but let's be real. Every Western that was made prior to this was not great. Yeah. Now I look forward to more being made yes. and better. Oh, like, don't my you mother. worry. This cliffhanger, they're making, I feel like they're trying, they're making, like, a, a universe. Don't worry. There's a cliffhanger And that's ending. fine. But my mom was cracking me up. She was like, it's a spaghetti western. What she didn't like is that people's hair and makeup was done. And I said, what did you want? You wanted Regina King with a chipped tooth and, like, a, you wanted Idris Elba to have a glass eye? She was like, I just didn't understand why everybody had to look so perfect. It's a western. They did one of the, <laughs> I, I I think it's Damon Wayans Jr. is in it. One of the, the younger Wayans, the, the next generation of Wayans. He was on yes. uh, Happy Endings and the first season of oh yeah 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 i yeah, I don't know where he is in the tier i don't he's not the first no, group he's the but i don't think he's the I second group anyway i think he is i think he yeah is. okay he's I, I think actually the most talented of the lands which makes sense that just do he too. is he really is he pops up in it your mom can be rest assured he's got messed up like his teeth are very nasty oh, in it. and it's early okay, on fantastic. in the movie and i was like oh they're really gonna go gruff with it he's the only one but they're like yeah. they just made him really nasty oh I love him. I think he's so, he's talented. so talented. He needs. Yeah, I loved him on New Girl. Like I loved who ended up being the, Coach, yeah. but I have to say, like Winston, I loved Coach. I thought Coach was like just enough, like 
this white girl's crazy. Like, I always <laughs> thought that was what was funny about his character, is everybody else was in on the white nonsense, and he seemed to be the only one that was like, this is weird. <laughs> and then they got Winston, and Winston was like, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I was like, but wait. Wait, bring back the other guy. Where's Coach? Uh, he was great on I Happy. I was like, bring back Coach. He was great on Happy Endings, which I've always said is like a funny version of Friends, and mainly because yes. it was so funny, and they also, like, I don't know, like, they would, you just throw in a little bit of diversity and it just makes it more interesting to me. They threw in a gay guy and a black guy, yeah. and I was like, I'm there. Like, you just, it's yeah. just more interesting. If you ever read, there's like an insane, it's funny, it's like a book, it's a grouping of memoirs. It's called The 90s Made Me Gay. <laughs> Cannot remember, her last name is Perry. But it's this, like, very funny thing where she's talking about, like, she talks about happy endings in it, and she talks about, like, this idea of, like, there was this rise of the character that just happened to be gay. Yes. And she's like, she was like, what a wild time where, like, he's a bro, and he's an idiot, and he's a moron, but, like, he just happens to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, because it was clearly an attempt to be like, gay people, they're just like you and me. Don't worry, they're not effeminate. They're just super cool there bros, There was this, like, overcorrection for the, where it was almost, like, Hollywood was like, oh, it's offensive if we just have, like, flamboyantly gay person so they did they didn't let any yeah. flamboyantly gay people on tv for like a good 10 years when they started letting gay people and then only yeah. straight people could play those parts like <laughs> yeah and that's what i kind of love about the character of winston is that somebody went like oh we can't have like we can't have this black character that's always like i'm black and it's like so let's just have winston who just happens to be black and i'm like but guys they're like running down the street carrying like stolen goods and the cops never stop winston or schmidt or nick and it's like oh Meanwhile, Cece's like, I'm brown, but like we never talk about the fact that Cece and Winston are best friends. And it's like, yeah, the two brown people in this who, friend group were like, who you know are having <sighs> side conversations about yes. these crazy white people that they're with. Where's the side yes. eyes? Where's the looks? Um, all right. I was like, please give me the show. We are going to take a <laughs> quick break and we're going to come back and do a non spoilery just thoughts, reactions about the latest MCU movie, Eternals. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. And we're back. Boom. We just... <laughs> Um, so I'm excited because, well, you and I, it's so interesting. So Eternals finally just came out like last week. Yes. Um, but you and I had seen it like weeks yes. ago. I saw, I, my fir first time I saw it was the first week of October because yes. I needed to prep for the red carpet. And so I've already been moving on towards like Spider-Man No Way, no Way yeah. Home. Like I'm already like, so it's just, but it's also nice to like have people finally get to see it. And we now get to have conversations yes. about it. I will say, when I first saw on, I had a um, streaming link that had my name watermarked I love all those. over the I love those ones stream. where they're like, if you try to record <laughs> this, we will know it's you. 
I love those. We know it too. It had the time and date, and like there's like three different layers of watermark. Yes, higher thing, and there's also ancient Babylonian in this movie. So when I finally got to see it on the big screen, I was like, oh, that's what yeah. that conversation was because. When I worked at BET, Tyler Perry was notorious for those kind of screeners. But then it would also like (laughs) your name would like rotate and move. And so you're like, okay, well, now I can't watch the show because I'm distracted by like (laughs) the screensaver that's happening. (laughs) My name all over it. Uh, This one was just stamped. There was no uh, no no fancy choreography with it. I but it was. I, even after I watched it, you know, there was four of us co-hosts for the for the red which carpet. you guys were phenomenal. Um, I was so proud oh, and so excited, you. and I kept being like, "Look at my friend! Oh my god, it's happening!" <laughs> like I told everybody I knew, I was like, "It's because this was before I knew I'd see a screening." So like, I was just right. so hyped that you were seeing. That. I was like, "Look at my friend! I know him! Oh my god!" <laughs> like I kept like sending <laughs> screenshots, like putting them on Instagram, being like, "Look, he's talking to Angelina Jolie! Oh my god, that's Kumal Nanjiani!" he talking to james and like i was losing my mind and then like two hours later my one of my co-workers who does uh our like uh talent stuff she was like do you want to see a screener and i was yeah. like what is this question just put it on my calendar you knew the answer was yes <laughs> why like i should just be showing up there this shouldn't be, why are yeah. we wasting time talking? i was like why are we like, discussing this tell the people at marvel i will be there <laughs> Um, and so I even so we had seen it, and even in our chat amongst the four hosts, there was already like some people did like some I there already was divisiveness, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I already knew this movie was gonna be divisive. <laughs> it's and and we're gonna not we're gonna talk broad yes. strokes and feelings and thoughts here because I some of you still have and I really want yet, people to like, see it because it. it's the kind of yes. Marvel movie where. It's a lot like how I felt about Captain Marvel when people were like, what do you think? And I was mm. like, you got to go see it. I can't yes. I can't explain it to you yes, right. in a way that yes. will make sense. Like I was like, it's not Black Panther where you're like, it's a sweeping epic that just like introduces you to a character and then moves on with its day. Like, <laughs> yes, uh, no, absolutely. And like it, it's also I think it's like such a, it's such a. It's. I think it's a very beautiful. It's so beautiful. Too. You got to see it on a screen. Chloe Zhao, it's like very much like because I remember. Oh, oh. <laughs> I remember. I saw when I saw Nomadland. I was like, how is she gonna do a Marvel yeah. movie? This doesn't. Her style doesn't seem. And then I saw this, and I'm like, oh, she. Did oh, it's what like she sweeping. Does like even just visually, and this isn't a spoiler, but like Makari having super speed and the way she moves yes. and the way like Kingo like she, you're just like ooh this is like she let well, everybody have like a sizzle moment where you're like ooh this is how they work or like when Athena uh, is fighting the first deviant and like does that move where she like slides under him I was like oh this is meant to visually bitch slap all the other MCU directors in the face and like this is something that we'll talk about we in the next segment we talk about the production notes but like it makes a world of difference when like they close i was like oh i need to be on like actual locations yeah. and kevin feige is like no 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 we've got this <laughs> he's like everybody She's knows like, you no, just go to I atlanta need... and you shoot it yeah in atlanta <laughs> it was like no and i need an actual sunset like there's actual sunsets where yes. they're shooting with the lighting and then when you see it 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 makes it a difference. You forgot what it was spe- like to see actual beaches and like actual sunsets. Like, you know, Endgame was all just them running around on a green screen, right? Like, can I be honest? It, I forget not- how everything in MCU land is shot in studios. And like you said, until there are moments where like two characters who are absolutely gorgeous are nose to nose and the sun is going, and you're like, oh, 
face so pretty. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Y'all are so pretty. It makes the I hope that I hope that it, it, and it was such a huge change, and I really love that Marvel just yes. went. They're like, we trust what Chloe wants to do. Let's just even let her just do that it. long and, like, shot they, of like, because this isn't a spoiler. This long shot of Ajax on the porch with this like, where it was like the teeny yeah. tiny house, the little silhouette of the person, but this like long, like landscape setting. You're just like, oh wow, like you just it gave you the sense of like how much trouble they've gone through to remove themselves from the real world but still be part of it if that makes sense like yeah which i which i think goes with the scope of like what the movie is is that at the same time like chloe her her concept was this is an epic movie but it needs to be intimate yeah and you have because you have these epic you know cosmic characters and beings but they need to be so grounded because they're just in there like, oh, we're just humans running it's a, around. It's literally a family drama. Like, that's the part I was obsessed with, yeah. is it was a family movie. It was the Royal Tenenbaums yep. with superheroes, <laughs> where it was like people worked each other's nerves, <laughs> and folks were like, you're annoying. Even, like, this is, I'm not going to say the two characters, but there's like a moment where two characters have a moment, and another one goes, what is this? And another one goes, whatever it is, I don't yes. like it, and I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, that's <laughs> so like your family being like, what? When did you start dating him? Like, it was just such a, like, yeah. a cute moment where you're like, this is funny. Like, on the side, I was like, oh, that's sweet. Also, they're my new favorite MCU couple. But I was like, oh, uh, my God. Oh my I was gosh. like, you guys are so pretty together. And then instantly when everybody's like, what is this? What's happening? I don't like it. Stop. <laughs> Quit it. And so then, too, like, I, I think I was very shocked. Cause I also saw, I saw Dune. And I feel like we're in this new era yes. of... Um, beautiful, but sometimes a little bit boring sci-fi. Which yeah, I'm okay. I'm with. Into I don't it. feel like sci-fi needs to be like action-packed mm. all the time. Like it can be beautiful and boring. And so I was very shocked to see the. I don't understand critics. The yeah. critics from like Eternal, they like Dune's about sitting like eighty yeah. percent, and Eternals is at forty-eight percent. I just am not sure what uh, I saw them both. Maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> I prefer Eternals, but I enjoy. I thought that Dune was like half a movie yeah. right so like eternals was very much the full thing but then you look at the audience score and the audience score is sitting at 81 percent. so people are actually digging yeah. it i'm surprised that the white male trolls have not already gone in and eviscerated the but audience see i thought that, that basically what we're seeing with the critic ratings is what brie larson argued back with a wrinkle in time which she was like stop asking old white men to critique a movie yeah. that's made for young black yes. girls and they was like because they don't understand yeah. you know and then people got mad at brie larson and then they were You're like right. she's the worst and she was and now everybody's like mm, i think she was right she might have had a good point oopsies she, yes <laughs> Well, and I think again, you're because even the one person I won't say who, but in my <laughs> cohort of co-hosts, if I narrow this down, uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, he had all these things of why he didn't like it or whatnot. And I said to him, I was like, but you are also seeing this. This is through your white male eyes, yeah. and I'm seeing this as a gay black man, and I've never felt more included. There in was a movie so before. I there was a mo I'm gonna like get real meta. So there was a moment where you were on the carpet. And you were interviewing a particular actor. And I could tell you <laughs> wanted to ask him about the character he's playing. And for a second, I th yes. so here's the thing. Now, here's the real shade. I thought you were being messy and asking him as a IRL <laughs> queer person how he felt being in the movie. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, 
oh my god like it was literally the it wasn't all that stuff where disney's like they are patently gay it is they wink and nod at a character they like they (laughs) it was like a moment where it took my breath away and i kind of was like oh my god oh my Uh, god i i cried i I absolutely cried um because it, it, it's too, if I ever see, I'm in this thing, I think like my adoption clock is ticking because when I see two <laughs> gay parents raising children, I just start crying and I'm like, oh, I think I. You know what also really took my breath away is that particular character sees nothing but good in people. And I thought of all the people who've been passing as humans for eternity, he should be the one who's the most like, let me tell you something. These people fucking suck. Yeah. They have been nothing but mean yes. to me since we got to this planet. I hate these people. Let them die. <laughs> <laughs> but like instead, he instantly he is like, they're the wonderful. They're beautiful. The they're lovely. Them. Like they're not perfect, but they try. And like everybody else, also the one character, you know how I'm talking about, who gets in his fifis, mm-hmm. who has the oh, most reason oh. To be like, this is a great planet. I love it. They treat me fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm wealthy. I own property. And it's been nothing but smooth sailing since we arrived. Is the main one who's like, I don't like it. And I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fact that yes. that's the one. All Basically, you know, and people can deduce this. Basically, all the minorities are like, love it here. It's a great place, honestly. If you yep. try hard, it's yep. fun. <laughs> we can make it work. We can make it work. It's, again, that, that entitlement. I, I think... Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, so I think I, I I thought it was a beautiful film. It was different. Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, we want something different from Marvel. They got something yeah. different, and then they're like, we don't You know what different. Phase 4 is? Phase 4 is, like, they are spending so much of this time establishing, trying new things, just going for it. Like, going for broke. Like, yeah. it's like WandaVision. They were like, we're going to make a thriller slash mystery slash throwback. Like, <laughs> Like th- yes. with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they were like, "We're just gonna do a whole show about race and racism." Like <laughs> with like uh, Loki, they're yes. like, "What if a queer narcissist, a bisexual narcissist, tried to figure out what his problems are through dealing with himself?" I don't know, girl. I don't know. Let's try. Like they literally just keep tr- throwing out. They're like yeah. zombies. If Captain America was a zombie, do you think people would be into that? And Feige's like, I don't care. Try it. And he's like, all right. What do you think people think of a 10-person Colors of Benetton family? And he's like, I don't know. Let's go for it. (laughs) This doesn't seem too bad to me. But but there's something, too. Like, I do think there is a theme so far about love and family. Every movie. It's been about love. Even Black Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals. Yes, it's been. And, and two, it's like the entire. Everyone's always saying, oh, we want. Like, I don't think there's been any formulaic, like, villains. I think they've all been, like, yeah. antagonists, you know? And I think I, I, I'm enjoying I'm this. I'm curious about who the big I, bad is. That's what I constantly find myself wondering. I'm like, who is the big bad? But you're right. It it has been a lot about love, where it's like, Shang-Chi is, like, the love of your family. Can it transcend everything? Like, are you willing to forego power for, for family? And, like, this is very much, like, you know, can love override what you think you're, like, is your duty or your calling like right. it's just yeah. i don't know it's a, it's a wild phase i also think it's the thirstiest phase because i have yet to find a movie that or a piece of a project that has come out in phase four where i'm not like hot 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 attractive i'm into it more please like even uh vision in his uh turtleneck i was like oh, oh, love it like uh, i went to disney it's so good this weekend because they i knew they were also introducing the eternals 
and of course i love cast members because it's like it's obvious this was their first weekend and they were like we're on it we know the lines and there's something very breathtaking about walking into the space and seeing a brown man an asian woman and a black man standing Mm -hmm. there and you're like this is wild now where i messed up is they said (laughs) i said kingo cersei uh faustus it's so because i'm like i'm gonna show them i know too and then they were like who's your favorite eternal and here's the problem guys i should have said thena because it is but the only thing in my head Mm -hmm. is how attracted i am to the man that plays druig Uh, so i couldn't remember his character name because i had because i realized they're in character there are children behind me i can't be like you know the hot irish one so i had to be like um (laughs) Draw, draw, Drew, Do, Dovin, Druvin starts uh, with a D. I was like, oh god! And your inner nerd is yeah. My like inner nerd is like, off. you get out, go, leave, give back your card. And I was like, you, you don't deserve. Yeah, and this. I was so, I was like so embarrassed. I was thinking about it in bed, and I was like, those people did not register any of this conversation. But I will die remembering this conversation. But yeah, I had to stop myself from going. You know, the, the hot Irish one that stayed in. You know, and instead they're looking at me and I went, um, um, and I could tell one of the cast members clearly knew I was about to say it. Cause I went, you know, the hot, um, uh, he's nice to, um, he reads minds <laughs> and you could tell they were like, she's trying so hard not to ruin this for these kids in life behind her. And then I was like, but I love Makari. She got super speed. Okay. Can we please take this picture? I'm so embarrassed. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna take another quick little break, and then when we come back, we're gonna dive. I have all these production notes, and because we said this before, we're introducing 10 <laughs> new characters in yes. the MCU, and I want some of you maybe you haven't seen it, I want you to know who these folks yes. are. It's gonna be non spoilery, it's gonna help you understand the world a bit more, and then you've also seen it, so you'll be able to, yes, well. Um, and then if you have already seen the movie, it's just gonna give it more deeper understanding because you'll understand uh, some of the costume design stuff like that. So we'll take a quick break and then we're going to explore who the Eternals are because they are a diverse ass family that we must celebrate and not let this moment go by. This is like even five years ago, you would not have gotten a movie like this. Like it is a different time that we are living in. Like let us celebrate. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. And we're back. Oh, all right. 
<laughs> yeah, super so, quick. Nate Moore, who is like the black producer of like he he his first movie that he did. He's super tall. I interviewed him at Black Panther Red Carpet. <laughs> I forgot how tall he is. I think he grew even more. But he is like behind like how like black like Black Panther. He you know was worked on um Civil War like and he's been a lot of the huge sort of oh, cool. driving force of a lot of the diversity you've been seeing. Um, him and Victoria oh, nice. Alonso, who she is, I uh, she's she's Latina and she has been she's produced every single Marvel Studios movie. She's been there for since the get go, and she is living for. What a what a fun job. <laughs> She's living for this moment because she gets to cat like her and Selma Hayek, like she gets to have this Latina front and center being this like matriarch of this oh team. And when the interview yeah. with her, she comes on stage and she just starts seeing speaking Spanish and I got name checked in this article by Romezcal just as my name was mentioned in it. And I was like, Oh, like what did I say? I hope I was okay and the, are they like laughing about the fact that you had no clue what they were saying in Spanish? <laughs> and then like the article, like title is like uh, Victoria Alonso and Selma Hayek speaking Spanish at the red carpet, and they don't care. And like because I they had like uh, they were speaking Spanish, and then uh, Selma Hayek was like, "Oh, but they're not bilingual." And uh, Victoria Alonso was like, "Let them learn." And then I chime in as they continue speaking Spanish. I'm like, "And see, this is how beautifully international this movie is. It is a space for everybody." And they're, they're like, "And then James Arthur said, I'm like, okay, good. I'm just gonna like, yeah, you're like, oh, thank God. I that's my I love Selma Hayek. I think she deserves more credit for being like iconic. Like to me, she is one of those people that she's up there with like. Not even, yeah, probably a little bit like the Halle Berrys yeah. and oh, the like, like these wi- women. like, and not so much, but meaning, yeah, but meaning like they're groundbreaking, they're gorgeous, like they will exist in the zeitgeist long after yes. we're gone. Like she's very Rita Moreno to me, where I'm like, yeah, I'll, she'll probably be a little old lady, and we'll be celebrating her in like documentaries. But like, I just love her. She and Kumal made me very emotional with all of their interviews. <sighs> they're like such Kumal best friends in Pakistan. Yes. Yes. And then I just love that Selma Hayek is like, Angelina's never had any female friends. I'm forcing her to be my friend. Like, I love that Angelina Jolie is clearly like, I don't know what to do with all of this. Because she's attention. very introverted. Like, people are like, what was wrong with her during her interview? I'm like, she's an introvert. That's why she came on stage when Kumel was on there, because he's yes. an extrovert. So she's like, let me come on when he's up there and I'll like ride these coattails here. I just like that clearly the whole press tour is about this idea of, like, everybody's afraid of Angelina. And it's, like, so, like, do that up. Because, like, every featurette is, like, sub- is basically, like, Kumal's the comedian. Angelina terrifies everybody. And the rest are there. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, every press thing I ever saw them in is, like, staring contest with Angelina Jolie. And it's just... And it's really, you realize it was just... He, she's basically Sebastian Stan of Phase 4, where they're, like... She doesn't really talk, but she's a huge part of this. So, like, I don't know, pair her with somebody that <laughs> talks. Like, she's just there. Um, all right. So, the Eternals. Nate Moore has once says he described the Eternals as Prometheus meets the Notebook, which I think is pretty accurate. Or there's this like true love story. Very accurate. How did you know Earth and society like all begin? And so, and there were some good Easter eggs on that because I did love the Icarus, the man that flew cr- too close yes, to the sun. Right. 
No, Sprite with yeah. her stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, you get like sort of this like how like some origins to like you know how humanity like they had an yeah. impact, and so they come here seven thousand years ago uh, on a mission from the Celestials, who are essentially these cosmic builders who have you know built this universe, and they send this. Which we met them briefly in the first Guardians yes, of the Galaxy. Absolutely. I and nowhere is the head of a celestial, uh, the planet, the area nowhere. And Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a rogue celestial. So we've had some glimpses yes. in, in, into them. So they send the Eternals down to Earth to stop the monsters, the Deviants who are here. And so I'm going to dive in. There are 10 Eternals, and we're going to talk about who plays them and what the powers are of these Eternals and some others. Yeah. And you guys will get to meet the hot Irish yes, one we'll through James's <laughs> description. We, we will get that, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> one thing to note about the Eternals is so they're equal part men and women, which is, like, amazing. Whenever do you see a, a superhero Love team it. that is equal, like, you just don't. Uh, and, you know, the Avengers are, like, six dudes and, and one lady. Like, That's diversity. <laughs> um, w- woman count. Yeah. Um, and so the, what Nate Moore also comments a lot about how the Celestials were very smart in sending a, a diverse group of people to blend in with humanity. They weren't just going to send like 10 white guys or six white guys and like one lady. Like <laughs> they wanted to send a diverse yeah. group of people, different ages. And that's the other thing you look at this group. I mean, like, you know, Sama Hayek is like, you know, in her 50s, like they have like. It's yes. amazing that there's a superhero team that is so incredibly diverse like this. It's I think people take it for granted, and I, I, I don't. And they also wanted to send a balance. Um, a balance. So half of the Eternals are uh, called their fighters, and half of them are thinkers. And part of the idea of that is that it, you know, they I wanted to make it. sure that they weren't just out there like wilding out fighting against these deviants, but also helping to yeah. be thoughtful about how they can help humanity progress. Those are also great Easter eggs. I love those moments throughout the movie too, when it's like, I can give them an engine. And everybody's like, too it's soon. too soon. And they just, no. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you fine. Take a plow. <laughs> like those are also beautiful moments that I hope that character gets to go back. Cause there are some, there was like a really de- there was a really devastating moment where you're just like, ooh, what would that feel like to know mm-hmm. that you've given yeah, them much. an ability and they use mm-hmm. it to mm-hmm. do that? Doing the most. So we have so, so this is yeah. an ensemble film as much as they try to say, but there is there is there's a lead there is a lead. Um, there yeah, is. there's there's a lead. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm gonna start at the top and not you know it's an ensemble film and I'm starting at the top for no reason and when I say top I just mean the first person who's on my sheet. Uh, Gemma Chan, who plays Cersei. Uh, So we have Cersei as a thinker. And so all of their powers emanate through cosmic energy. So they all manipulate cosmic energy. It manifests in in a different way. And so Cersei's a thinker, and her cosmic energy manifests itself into um, it's able to transmute anything so she can touch something and transmute it into anything that she can think of. Um, And so that's where her powers are. Uh, Gemma Chan talks about how, and I asked her about this because I thought it was really funny on the red carpet, and I'm glad she found the humor in it. But Gemma Chan said that this is a coming of age story for Cersei. When it really is, a but coming I think of it's age so story. funny. I said like, yeah, so but she's been around for like seven thousand plus years. Like, hasn't she have come of age already? And she's like, yeah, well, you know, it's never too late to continue to grow and learn and develop. <laughs> uh, and she, 
That's she also amazing. has this long history with Icarus, which is all I will say. Uh, but fun fact about Gemma yes. Chan, she originally studied law in university. Her Both of her parents... She is, like, just oh. fantastic. I mean, I fell in love with her in Crazy Rotations. Like, she is just this, like... She, she plays sophisticated so well that I think there's something about her character of Cersei that's like you said it's coming of age so there's a little bit of mess to the character that you're like ooh I like that I like it I'm into it and she's back because she played Minerva in Captain Marvel which I always assumed that she would come back as Minerva because we didn't see a body she like blew up in that plane but I'm like ooh Minerva escaped but now that she's showing up as Cersei I'm like nope Minerva's dead they moved on great like yeah, and how do we know even Minerva's dead? She's a cr- she's a crawl. So for that's all we know, true. that could have yeah, been that is true. Yeah, that could have been a crawl pretending to be uh, Cersei. So oh. here we are. Now I'm confused again. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So then we go to Icarus, played by Richard Madden. You know him from Game of Thrones, Rod Stark. So Icarus is a fighter. He has the power of flight, incredible strength, and he can shoot cosmic energy beams from his eyes. And he's very serious about his responsibilities as an eternal, very focused um, on on his mission. And Richard Madden talked about what it was like this experience of being able to shoot on practical like sets and locations, not just in front of like green screens and blue screens. And it shows in all the actors performances like they're literally on a beach. They're on a volcano, (laughs) like an actual volcano filming these scenes. It makes a difference. But also Richard Madden is so attractive in this movie. Guys, as I said, thirstiest, thirstiest phase of Marvel. Like, I was just like, wow, look at these 10 beautiful humans all in one I place. I have tea about Richard Madden that I cannot say on air, so I will save it for oh later. God. Okay, we'll have to wait. Save it for yeah, later. we'll have to wait. Um, so, but yes, he actually started acting to overcome his shyness when he performed with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Oh. And then we have Ajax, Salma Hayek, Academy Award nominated actress, and she plays, which is just, I love this. She plays Ajax, who Ajax is the matriarch and the leader of the Eternals, and she is the only Eternal that has a direct connection to the Celestials. Uh, She's the only one that's able to communicate with them. So she steers the group, she's nurturing, and what I love about it is um, her cosmic energy shows up is she's able to heal uh, both animals and humans, yes. and I. Uh, she also is like, what I love is that Selma Hayek tells a story about how when she got the call from Marvel and they like want you to be in a superhero movie. She thought that they wanted her to play some mother the of mom. a superhero. I I'm loved like, no, it. like you are, and I can't even imagine what that experience is like. And I get a glimpse of it when I was interviewing her of just like to be a woman, a Latina in her fifties, like this opportunity didn't come when Selma Hayek was like in the nineties, yeah. like, you know, in her thirties or whatnot. I was about to say, cause I didn't know if she said it to you or if she said in another interview, but she said the thing about like, Oh, I never got the call when yeah. I was in my twenties. I didn't get the call in my thirties. And then by my forties, I figured it's never coming. And she was like, and then when you're in your fifties and you get the call, you're instantly like, Oh great. So I'm somebody's mom. I'm an aunt. Like I'm, I'm some kind of like adopted <laughs> mother to like a superhuman. <laughs> And she was like, and then to, for them to be like, what? Because I love that her story and Kumal pretty much have yeah. the same thing where they're like, yeah, you get the phone call that Marvel wants to talk to you. And you're like, OK, they said they both talked about sitting there and Chloe Zhao being like, so what do you think? And Kumal said he was like, it looks great. It's going to be a great movie. Can't wait to watch it. Thanks so much for inviting me here to tell me about it. <laughs> like, And I think Selma Hayek said mm. the same thing that she was like. 
yeah, no, it sounds great. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, why am I here? And they were like, well, yeah, they, they were like, do you like the characters? And she was like, yeah, they seem great. Like, I don't know what you want from me. And they were like, what about Ajax? And she was like, I'm sure it'll be fantastic when it's out. Like, and like a lot of these, all of these characters in the comics, again, like Ajax is a white dude, and they like had just like dude. flipped it, and or maybe he's at least a dude. I might actually is he white? I think that they're are they all white? But I do, I but I do think there is something that makes you believe the character as the matriarch more when it is this yes. older woman who has this very maternal yeah. energy and you're like oh i could understand how everybody follows yeah. this person does not want to disappoint yeah. them is constantly going back to check in on them to make sure that they're okay yeah. and like just, again yeah. i've never seen anything like this in an action movie a sci-fi movie a superhero movie again just it's starting off from an even split of even male female and then that there's a woman who is like leading yeah. this it's just I think people are getting forgetting how revolutionary this moment is and just bypassing it because yes. we like we have Black Panther and they're just yeah. like okay we've done it great like now we can shit on all these things and not take in. It's so funny because right before this came out, Simu Liu was like, he was like, it's been great, Shang Chi. Like you were the most. Uh, it was kind of like this joke where it was like you were the most interesting, diverse movie that had come out this year. Have fun, Eternals. Like it was kind of like bye bye to me. I am no longer the only Asian superhero yep. in the MCU. Yes. Like welcome to Gemma yes. Chan. He was kind of like, and she's beautiful, and she's I this. Mean, on this and nobody's gonna remember. Got, yeah, I mean, and on this team, it's not like it. You've also you got Gemma Chan, but you've also you know, uh, you've you, you've got Gilgamesh also in, in there as well, which we'll yes. get to in a moment. Yes, Gilgamesh. Well, what a fun moment of yeah, comedic so, relief. So great. Love so it. then we're talking about Thena, Miss Angelina Jolie. So Thena is also a fighter, a uh, very powerful internal, incredible fighter. Uh, she has the power through her cosmic energy shows up where she's able to manifest any handheld weapon um, that she can think of during a, during a battle. What, what a treat. <laughs> Again, if somebody asks you who's your favorite Eternal, the answer should be Thena, guys, <laughs> not the hot <laughs> Irish one. Thena is so badass. Angelina Jolie also studied ballet for this role as well because she wanted to give Thena. It's apparent. And the way that she moves, it's just – and what I love is that Angelina yeah. is like – she's played so many powerful characters before, and she wanted to give this one something different. Like, and it – and just the way Thena moves with such grace is because fighting is her art. And you know what's but you know what's believable is because these characters are also like these kind of origin stories of how different things have happened through history, the way she moves and how ferocious but also stately she is, you could absolutely believe that somebody was like, What's your name? And she was like, Thena and they were like, Athena? No, Thena. <laughs> the- Athena? Sure. Where are you from? I'm a god. Oh, Oh, okay. Then you could absolutely believe that people were like, Athena is the goddess yes, of war. Yes, right. Like, so <laughs> you're hitting on it is that all of these characters, like, again, they are folks who've had an imprint on our theology, our, our yeah. myth, and they are, come from a planet called Olympia. And so you could see how, like, these myths and these stories start how to How you, you could see how somebody could accidentally 
not hear what she said her name was and add an A at the beginning. Uh, it's Athena and Gilgamesh. Uh, they have a very, very tight bond. One thing that uh, An- Angelina Jolie said that she really loved about this part is that um, they have this, you know, there's they're, they're, um, this male-female warrior friendship. They are, they're just friends, but they're bond, and it spans thousands of years, but it's like they've been in the trenches together, and they're such ride-or-dies for each other. And she's like, I'd never seen that sort of relationship played out between – just met these warrior friends. I was going to say that is you never see this deep, deep, thami- like platonic yeah. love. Like it is very clear that Gilgamesh loves Thena and Thena yeah. loves him back, but it's not like a, and then they <laughs> were longing. It's like, no, no I, it's <laughs> like, we will be like, we're yeah. soulmates, but not like yes. that kind of soulmate. And I thought that was so yeah. special. Cause I was like, yes, finally, this is the same way I felt when I left Shang-Chi and I was like, yes, do not put Sean and Katie together. Like, let some these people just be, yes. like, love each other as the deepest intimacy without having and to I just love Shang-Chi together. And I thought Shang-Chi was one of the most realistic portrayals of male-female relationships, like, friendships, that ever. I'm like, I've never seen this before, but I yes. see it on screen, but I see this in, in real life, like, all the time. Constantly, uh, yes. One last thing about uh, Thena, and I feel comfortable saying this because uh, Andrew said it on the red carpet, and I'm like, oh, it feels like a spoiler, but you're going there, girl, so fine. But she's like, Thena has PTSD, that <laughs> Thena has... An- I thought that was so powerful. <laughs> and again, yeah. they're so grounded into their roles, and I also, I think, what tripped uh, Angie up on the red carpet... Is when I, I pitched her a, lo- uh, a softball question of you know how did you connect to your character? I think one you know she's an introvert. These she never does these red carpet premieres. It's not her thing. But you know no. I'm in the contract, so I'm gonna, you know go. But I know I'm like you're an introvert and you <laughs> signed up for the MCU. Like girl, don't you know you got to do these- like don't you know at some point they go put you in a room with <laughs> Anthony Mackie and like Winston and, Duke and y'all <laughs> just like you know do a puzzle and, like, together Benedict Cumberbatch like, and, and you learn a di- yeah learn a like you're gonna have to do an escape <laughs> yeah. room together yeah you're gonna have to do a TikTok dance it's like ma'am a- you and Paul Bettany are gonna be miserable in the corner together being like but like I think uh, Kevin Feige writes I the think checks I think she also was like I don't know what I can say and what I can't say I can't imagine like for them and they're probably she's already on set for some other movie that we don't eat. they filmed this movie so long ago it was supposed to come yeah. out a year ago so you know there was a lot going on there but um oh next coming up you like this one you thirsty for him druig what's Guys. his name druig <laughs> played by barry druig is the best played by <laughs> barry keoghan who it was actually his birthday on the day of the premiere october 18th uh he was the only one that wasn't oh. there because he had immigration issues so from ireland yeah. You know what's funny? So I separate of Barry, I really want to go to Ireland separate <laughs> of him, guys. But it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but like it doesn't hurt. But like I again, these are things you don't realize in a movie. Hearing a Spanish accent and hearing an Irish accent, you're like, Oh, I am so accustomed to seeing Colin Farrell in a movie trying not to let his Irish accent come out that I had forgotten what it sounds like to hear somebody speak with an Irish accent who's not in like a four hour friggin the Irishman yeah. where I'm like what? Huh? <laughs> what? 
like it was just very it was really cool i don't know and then his like character is just like so slick Mm -hmm. but i was like but he's got to be slick because he can read people's minds Mm -hmm. so he knows people are always kind of like oh hello like (laughs) (laughs) and so drink is also he's a thinker and has the cosmic energy of mind control which is always a terrifying power to to have that ability um and yeah so he's been using that power to help control the minds of humans for over seven thousand years uh but the whole entire thing is that they're not allowed to get involved and they're only there for one mission to protect the humans from the deviants and to help them along in their evolutionary process those are those two things yeah so it's a it's a conflict because they can't you know get too involved and it's a challenge for some of them yeah he's very close with makari who we love who we'll talk about in a moment played by lauren ridloff and then in real life he barry kogan was an amateur boxer and he w- described himself as a, se- a self-described messer in school i didn't know what that meant and i was waiting to ask him on the red carpet but he wasn't there and i was literally like so you're a self-proclaimed messer i mean they have so much <laughs> slang in ireland that you're like what like he his insta stories are hilarious because i never know what he's saying half no, the time yeah. like he clearly loves kumal nanjiani as like a human and as his friend but the way he'll caption his photos <laughs> i'm Wait, like what who what, what? 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 Something- like he went to a soccer game and he was like having a having a weed crack with the whatever, and like she, he kept using all these words. I was like, "Are you are you at the game? What's happening?" Dying? Someone you called him a cracker? Yeah, I was like, "What's what's going on?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I was like, "I'm so lost." I, 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 and they, that's one thing too that's so evident in is that how much the cast all loved each other, and they really did create this family connection yes. and bond. So, um, next up, it's Kingo, played by Kumail Nanjiani. I love Jeez, Kingo. Kingo has one of the best sight gags in the whole movie. <laughs> so Kingo is a the poster gag oh, is my favorite thing so ever. Good, yeah, I. Uh, it's Kingo so good. Kingo is a fighter, and he's able to create powerful cosmic energy blasts from his hands, or as Kumel calls him, finger guns. Um, he just shoots. He yeah. just he's like, I just shoot shit from my hands, as he has said in in different uh, in interviews. Yeah. Um, and. It's what's interesting. He's also is that he greatly admires Icarus. Uh, big big fan of Icarus there, and it, it's interesting because this has been like such a full circle moment for Kumail Nanjiani. He used to go to uh, Comic Con all the time, and he said before he couldn't get into yeah. Hall H, which Hall H is like the main room that you want to get into. That's where all like the big panels and interviews are going to be in. He couldn't get into co- Hall H until he was cast in a Marvel movie, and then was like up on the stage. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know what I love about people like somebody like him making into the movies is very like you said, it's very this meta thing where you can't help but love when you're like, oh, one of us made it like one of us nerds that like collects the comics, talks about the movies, stays up till midnight, does all the things like that's what makes it fun is when you're like, oh, you are one of us in this so you're not talking about it from that very like you know it's like god bless i love paul bettany and elizabeth but like they will talk about it like well you know it's sometimes it's very strange and you're you know you're in a green screen and it's quite odd but like he's talking about it as like it take you he was like when he told that story about putting his super suit on his pants on backwards and he was like, I've never been in a super suit before. I've never been in a real super suit before. I don't know how to get in a super suit. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's the way I would be in a Marvel movie. No yeah. chill. Oh, just like when people do these movies the and they're time. like, yeah, 
Like, even when Chris Evans was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of work. And I'm like, it's a lot of work. Sir, I would spend all day just staring at myself in the mirror being like, I'm, I'm Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just like. I'm Kevin Hart. And he's one that he, in all of his interviews, can, he's, he will talk about how emotional he's getting because it just means so much for him. Yeah. I was actually about, he when he interviewed him, he was like, oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm like, oh, great. I have a great follow-up question to get him to cry right now. And it was going to be about how, like, I was like, so what does this meant for, like, your, your family, you know, uh, what does this meant for them? And then I was going to get him because he'll talk about his dad will call him up just crying because he can see him on yes. a poster. And him being from, you know, Pakistan. I think that's the sweetest being thing. Being a superhero. What a huge moment. I'm just glad somebody's family is emotional because yes. ev- there's so many people in the MCU who are like, oh, yeah, my, par- my family doesn't care. They're so bored by it. Like, oh, my kids are like, whatever. But, like, for the first time, somebody was like, my family was excited. Yeah. I don't know. To me, he's the equivalent of like a Kevin Smith yeah. or a Patton Oswalt or like those kind of people ending up in these movies where you're like, oh, you're me. <laughs> like you love this. Like I do. You are also stealing shit. Like, you know what it is? It's like when John Boyega got in Star Wars and he was like, oh, yeah, I spent a week just getting Mark Hamill to sign everything i had in my house like i just bought all of it to set and i was like hi mark while you're here here's a duffel bag can you sign uh well also i was gonna ask him that question but i angelina jolie came out of the stage and we had to pivot to interview i'm like angie yeah. I was when that happened i about- also i gasped for you because you had talked about being nervous about interviewing her and here you were like riding the rhythm with kumal and then he was like oh angie's here i'm sure you guys don't want to talk to me and your mind has to pivot because all of your questions now have to apply to both of them. You've got to make her feel In both included of into it as well. Um, but yes, absolutely. But I did have this moment. I was like staring at her. But you also can't hit him with like the, oh, it's been Grace talking to you. Like we're going to direct yeah. all our, but please don't right. leave because we don't want to be nope. insulting, but we're not going to ask you anything. include them both. But I had this moment because she does have like a stare down with you. And I'm like, I'm staring at Angelina Jolie and I'm not nervous right now. I'm having a conversation with her. It was a really beautiful sort of surreal moment because she was the one that I was like the most. <gasps> but then it, it happened yeah. in the best way because I didn't have time to like, it wasn't like the producer was like Angelina yeah, Jolie. Yeah, you didn't have time for them back, to be like, you know, it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah, you didn't have time for them to be like, James, James, uh, we have in five minutes, uh, Angelina yeah. Jolie. Like it truly, y'all were in the middle of asking Kumal something. <laughs> And I was like, oh, look at this wonderful outfit. And then all of a sudden, here was this woman with her hands in her pockets. <laughs> Loading up on Standing the up there being like, Hello. yeah. And she was like, hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and I was like, God bless her. She, I love her. She thinks she can sneak <laughs> in behind people. She also loves, like, for her, this movie meant so much, too, because this movie is like her family. She has this family, this diverse That's what I thought was really beautiful. That's why she was yeah. so excited. And she's also, like, what a huge fan of the MCU as well. And that makes a difference when fans are coming through and they're not, I know, but she loves the MCU movies and that's why she, you know, signed up to do it. Her kids love it. And so, yeah. So we have then Fastos, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta, Emmy nominated actor, Tony nominated actor. Fastos is a thinker. His comic cosmic energy allows him, gives him the power to essentially build. He's a technopath. So, Anything he can think of, if he yeah. has the raw materials, he can build that machine or that thing. So has a deep connect con- connection with um, technology. He controls the Domo, which is my favorite thing in the entire world. The Domo is the eternal I love it too. Sp- their starship or their spaceship. But I call it their apartment. <laughs> I'm like, it's their house. So it's <laughs> their house. It? It's their apartment. It's and their we'll dorm room. The a little bit but, uh, later, but like, what I love about it is that it's they had to make a technology that was mo- – 
thousands of millennia old that we've never seen before. And so it, it has to have this feeling of like, it's not futuristic. It's actually really, really old and more advanced no. than anything we've ever. Yeah, it feels super old and not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. When they introed it and it like came into scene, I was like, oh, this is the kind of thing that again of this whole like origin stories of things we know like oh this is the kind of thing that people would misinterpret as like the the flying saucer little green men if you saw it and so this is i don't know maybe we can edit this out if you feel like it is a spoiler we were not allowed to talk about brian tyree henry being the first he is to me it's a selling point his character is part of the lgbtq community and i feel like i already knew that and so we weren't it was such a heartbreaking moment for me as a gay black man to not be able to ask him what do you think that this means you know for the community or uh how do you feel playing the first out because we're saying first out because valkyrie's scene was cut uh even though tessa thompson's like i'm bisexual i'm like i haven't seen it on screen nobody (laughs) knows and then meanwhile like loki's everybody freaked out because in loki she was like oh is there a princess or maybe a prince and he's like a little bit of both and like that's like and people grasped at that like he had said like i hooked up with uh iron man and black widow like i had a threesome with pepper and tony stark like that's the way people were acting online like they were like oh my god he said so much and i was like and when i watched i was like all he did was say like "Hmm, well maybe that was it that was was the moment and we were like oh we've got it but we're so thirsty for something and i feel like in this movie we got it for want i will say sadly this Meanwhile, Faustos, I, no joke, was treating him like, you know, like when people make somebody gay and they're like, what is that, your roommate? Like, that's the way I was acting at first, because I'm so not used to seeing it that I was like, oh, look, Faustos lives with his friend. That's nice. <laughs> he got a house with his friend. Oh, he adopted a baby. That's sweet. Oh, no, they did not shy away. Him. That's his and husband. Sadly. Yeah, like I was like, oh, okay. And it's, again, this is like such a huge, never ever did I think that I would see a full gay superhero in my lifetime. Like, I just... And, yeah. and 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 not even just like he happens to be gay like he is he's got a family and and it was sad because yeah, we gay. weren't allowed to talk about this on the red carpet it was they were like oh it's a spoiler and in some ways i'm just like who is doing the dei at disney because like y'all should have had like a full court press about this interviews in the advocate and they were like well we want to yeah there should be every press tour should be like the guy that plays faustus's husband is also yes. doing press well i guess part of the scuttlebutt was is he was the first one to say it in an interview and he wasn't supposed to and then brian tyree henry got mad like he it was it wasn't supposed to be announced but then it was and to me it's like well just lead into it and like it made it feel like it was more yeah. of a secret from us not being able to talk about it and i'm also like well, why am i here i'm i'm black and gay and i can't talk about the first gay black superhero yeah you go like you guys know this <laughs> yeah um so that was a little a little disappointing but in the movie has been pulled from three countries alongside the goal yeah. of i think it's like uh saudi arabia uh kuwait and qatar shocker um, Oh wow! Well, I didn't see that coming. Very confused <laughs> in some other movies because you won't know who these people are. So, shwam. Yeah. All right, just oh. a couple Hi. more. So we've got Gilgamesh played by Don Lee, and Don Lee he's been in over eighty films in South Korea. He is this like South Korean megastar uh, who we are now being graced with his presence over here. And Gilgamesh is a fighter. He's the strongest, eternal. He uses cosmic energy to create an exos- exoskeleton that amplifies his strength. Um, when not in battle, he's a very just like sweet, kind-hearted 
man who he is lo- loves he's his so son. like a little martha he really stewart is. really yeah he's like the, he's like the pioneer woman he's like ray drummond <laughs> he's just like i made some pies he, got food for y'all anybody hungry <laughs> so i was like i love you oh <laughs> uh, then we also have makari played by lauren ridloff who i just absolutely love so much makari's a fighter what has a treat a energy she's the fastest woman in the universe love that so do you know how hype I am to see Makari and like Quicksilver Let's have go. it out? I mean, Quick- not Quicksilver and uh, yeah, it was yeah. Quicksilver. He's and gonna be left see, behind. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't even keep up. Like, yeah, she's so fast. She's seen the world. She's almost like she's bored with it. She's like, we're still here. It's been thousands of years. I'm done. I've seen everything. That's my favorite part is when they get in there and she's like reading everything and she's just like surrounded by her possessions and it's kind of like, oh girl, I was I'm so bored. bored. She's like, like, I was bored three thousand years ago. Why are we still here? Um. Yeah. And so Macar- what I love, too, about the way they film Macari, it's the first time, usually with super speed, they slow everything down. You see everything in real time as things no. move for her. You never see yeah. super speed. These dum-dums are fighting. And Macari just, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah. oh, like, but all of a sudden when I started seeing people pop up on the edges of the scene, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, OK. So she's she's doing her yeah, thing yeah you <laughs> like, see it happening in, in the real time so it's just an amazing choice that they 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 made with her i want to talk about lauren ridloff for a moment she's so phenomenal she's the first mcu deaf character and superhero um she's been on the walking dead she is a tony winning actress she won for uh, playing sarah newman in children of a lesser god just three years ago, she was a school teacher. She just got into acting. They brought her onto Children of a Lesser God to like help with the sign language interpretation. They're like, "Oh no, you're you need to be in it." And so, yeah, they were like, "Oh, you happen to also be gorgeous and very uh, expressive." So, hi, please come and over she, here. We had ASL interpreters at the carpet because of her. Like, she also Loved helped so her. Uh, you were talking about this, but she, her, and her husband helped, who's also deaf. Um, they have two uh, sons who are also deaf as well. But they help because usually with proper names, you have to sign out each letter. And so what they did is they did research and created. Yeah signs for each one of the eternals names that way because they're this family of course they would have names for everybody they would not be spelling out faustos it would be like yo faustus (laughs) like you know what this means answer me exactly and she just is such a delight and i just like i it was really fabulous getting to like you know talk like to get to interview her and uh i just she's just in just three years she already has got tony she's a superhero and is like one of the Fan, amazing in, in the in the mil, in the film. Then we have Sprite. Sprite is just interesting because in the production notes it said that she was a fighter, but if I do the math, there are too many fighters and yeah, and she's really not a fighter. I don't. Sprite is an interesting because I kept being like, oh, she reminds me of Tinkerbell, but then I thought again, the origin stories of like the people we meet. I could see how somebody would meet this person who's like my name is sprite and be like oh you remind me of like a little fairy that moves about and like that would become tinkerbell and sprite has a so sprite's also a storyteller so a lot of the myths and things and so sprite's powers that she can create illusions from cosmic energy and so i she does a lot of the storytelling so she'll tell these epic stories about like gilgamesh and a lot of our myths come from sprite's storytelling sprite is eternally young uh, she is what I love about Sprite is that like you know she's like seven thousand years old but she's trapped in the body of a twelve year old girl and 
I love that and it's so such a, much. And Leah McHugh, fabulous, amazing actress, that gets to play like this old curmudgeon type person in this like little young body. Which I Who's like over <laughs> everybody. And I have to say like the IRL element of it, I love that she's basically like a high school student and to see her dressed for homecoming and then to see like the comment of like, Salma Hayek being like, don't stay out too late. And Kumal Nanjiani being like, you look so pretty in your dress. Like, watching these also, like, very big actors who see themselves as her siblings being like, what's his name? <laughs> what, just send DM it to me so I can look it up. And it's like, They're bond. Sweet. And, and it's just, I, you love hearing it and seeing it when the cast is just, you know, so bonded and just being able to. And there's just something about that, that Marvel magic of who they, you know, if you yeah. can't create that you out, just ask Taryn Power. Um <laughs> yeah. So I uh, also fun fact: uh, Leah McHugh is the youngest actor to play a superhero in the MCU, not in a flashback. Also, she had to memorize eight pages of Babylonian in just two days, and um, the um, uh, their interpreter or the person who wrote the language nearly passed out when Leah spoke them all perfectly on set. Like they were like. <laughs> They're and like, like when they're like, oh, I'm sure we'll have to like stop and start. Okay. And she just fucking nailed it. No, she yeah. nailed it. And she'll be one of those people that like when she is in her 50s having her Meryl Streep moment on her like 18th Oscar <laughs> nomination, people always in their retrospect be like, oh, you know, she started out in the MCU. And it'll be like, oh, oh that's cute. Yeah, all right. That was nice. <laughs> Um, and not, I mean, not an eternal, but you, you would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kit Harrington, Dane Whitman, who, uh, yes. all we can really say about him is he works at the National History Museum. Yeah, that's it. And he has that's all we know. That's all we know. We can't tell you anything else. Right. <laughs> that's it. Bye. <laughs> it was so fun to interview him because we couldn't talk about anything. And so we're like, so he, you, uh, he is the museum? He's like, mm-hmm. My <laughs> favorite thing about him, and I'm going to be very annoyingly cryptic Marvel in this, he is so like i was just like bro must have read through that script and been like what what wait like they must have given him his parts and he was like why did they even cast me and then he must have flipped to the back of the script and been like oh yeah okay i'm gonna call my agent and say thank you because he has one of those parts where i'm like that initial call with your agent must be like, why'd you even cast me in this? Like, thanks for the check, but this is <laughs> useless. Everything and then you call later. Well, and you're pretty like, much everything you've seen of him in the trailer is that's all you've seen all of his parts. Um, that's that's all you see. Uh, so yeah. have fun, guys. But fun fact about him, he's related <laughs> to John Harrington, the inventor of the flushable toilet. That is very <laughs> silly, but also lovely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, so those are the characters. And I just some fun other little little tidbits there that I did want to share about, at least with the costume design. Um, if they really wanted to, the costume designer, Sammy Sheldon Differ, uh, they were looking at like minerals and nature and rocks and nebulas and the cosmos to kind of create, oh, so yeah, fun. to create the feel of it. And then they also decided that uh, there's like colors meant something to them. And all of the characters throughout their entire lineage, um, you'll always see elements like Cersei's wearing green, so these earth tones uh, connected yeah. to nature. You see that in all of her different costumes. But the more rebellious characters like Druig and Makari have red in the costumes. No one else has red. And That's then like fun. Ajax and. Meanwhile, Kingo has my favorite <laughs> deep oh, purple. So good. 
ensemble. It's so good. That purple and that gold. And he just always he always chews up every scene because it's clear that he's meant to feel like uh, he takes up all the space and, that's in every exactly room. It. and then you have Ajax and Icarus who uh being the more so leaders are veering more so towards blue and then Ajax has this beautiful like headdress piece signifying yes. you know, they are the, the leader. And then, um, yeah, something that's really interesting about when they created the, the Domo, um, Eve Stewart, who is the set designer, um, she was already thinking about, like, you know, again, sort of like these dark green tones. And then when she went to uh, the museum and was looking at, like, meteors, she found that there were these, like, the same green tones that she was wanting to use was in the meteors. Oh, really? So she was like, oh, I'm on the right track with, like, the greens. And it has this sort of feeling like it, it itself is this, like, meteor that has just go been going around the universe. It's got, like, yeah. this rock sort of feeling to it. Um, and, again, it's, like, the technology in the Domo, it's, like, something you've never – it has never it's, – it's old, but it's advanced at the same time. I think we can forever – thank Ryan Coogler for entering this world and elevating the craftsmanship and artistry of what these yeah. movies are. Cause God bless the Russo brothers. But I think there's something about like what has been happening since then where like nothing is a yes. throwaway. Like you just said, it's like the thought of the colors that are used for the Domo have meaning to the characters as we're like, you watch those early movies and they're like, I don't know, girl, just put Robert Downey Jr. in the outfit and find a you suit that fits, child. Just so right, move on. I remember, I, again, like with Ruth E. Carter, who did the costume designs for Black Panther, it was so well researched yeah. to, um, you know, different African tribes and culture. There was such meaning behind it. And the same thing that you got yeah. from this, because they were having to do different time periods. You know, they're, they're in Mesopotamia, they're in Babylon, they're at the Gupta, you know, empire, the Aztec empire. So they, and yeah. it felt, you know, so grounded. They built over 130 sets for this. They shot on location throughout the UK. Uh, actually there, they're actually in Piccadilly Circus. They're actually in these places. Like they actually were at these Canary Islands and it makes just such a world of difference. Um, and I want to wrap up with this last thing that Chloe, Chloe Zhao, her approach, I mean, she blew them away with her pitch. And she had said that, you know, her initial vision for the film can be sum summoned up in the opening of William Blake's um, uh, auguries of innocence, which I just, she's so brilliant that when she, I, I pretty much blacked out during my interview with her because she had said something that was like, she's also a huge fan of the MCU, which we're like, what? But you're, you know, but she's such a huge fan. And she had yeah. said, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, in this film, it's like, you know, what Tony said in the first movie. And I'm just like, already had to black, black out. I'm like, okay, girl, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Much like John Chu and his adaptation of Broadway shows, when you meet a director who yes. respects the world they're yes. working in, you're All right. like, "All right, I'm we're here. safe. I'm out. And I'm she's good." She's talking about like you know we s are starting you know small here on Earth, but now we're going up. And she's obsessed with the creation of how perhaps human beings were created. So it all really shows in this film. Love but she that. says uh, she her her initial vision. I think this is all she said, and then was like, they were like, "You got the movie," but. She quoted uh, William Blake. She said, to see the world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. And I think she even said that when I had interviewed her. She had, like put the, that quote yeah. out there. I remember she <laughs> said, and that's when I was like, and she was up there with yes. Feige. And Feige was like, and that's when we were like, okay, done. Anything you and want. she was like, wait, but I have more. And they were like, no, no, we're good. <laughs> and she was saying that, you know, Blake meant that you can find meanings and the endless beauty of our universe inside the smallest things on that. Earth and with the most intimate moments between human beings. And that was her. And that is exactly this movie. It is epic and that's what and makes intimate. this movie like, beautiful. And like the, yes. the performances are so 
they're there, they're intimate, they're small, but you're dealing with these huge epic ideas, and yet it still seems so grounded. They could have gone massive and crazy and over the top, but instead the most powerful beings in the universe are debating, like, who's going where, who's talking to who, have you called mom, basically, (laughs) like, it's like family is family, so... I mean, I think literally my only thought about phase four is like Wanda's bending space and time and the idea of reality. Loki is moving through multiple universes. What if ask us all these cosmic questions? And meanwhile, Sam and Bucky are just trying to fix a boat. (laughs) So best of luck to the two of them dealing with all of this because (laughs) the entire (laughs) idea of space and time and cosmic beings have entered and this man just figured out how to use the shield and Bucky just got out of therapy and now they're going to have to deal with way Uh, beyond the big three as uh, they knew it. It's gone to a whole other level. I don't think they're ready. Bucky's going to be like, there's not enough therapy for this. I just got over. He's like, I was born in the night, like 1902. Like, this is a lot. Yeah. He's like, he's like, guys, I can't do this. Meanwhile, Cersei's like, yes, well, I'm 7,000 years old. So get with it. Dina's like, oh, you think you have PTSD? Let's talk about it. So true. Speak on it. So that yes. is Eternals. I'm glad that you ha- loved it as much as I, I did. I think it's gonna be yes. one of those movies too that I think, I think people will look back on it and appreciate it. It's just gonna over time, you know. I think like it's, I think it's gonna be appreciated yeah. over time. And also too, I can't help again like Chloe Zhao being, you know, a woman director behind it. I just think that it's so layered with so many other things that it's having to go up against. And so I don't know. I think it's. I think let us not take away from like. It is a groundbreaking movie in terms of like yeah. who, behind the scenes, the scope of it, the cast, the actors. Like, I think at least all coming to the table to celebrate this beautiful, diverse movie that would not have existed five years ago. So go see it. It's And just to have fun. Enjoy your life. Well, that is the show. I hope you enjoyed that nerdy train that went on. Uh, I was just dying to give you that information. And again, promise you, no spoilers. It's just going to help you prepare for this epic movie. So there you are. So remember, you can get involved in the conversation. Did you see Eternals? What did you think? Are people just wiling out? Maybe it wasn't just for you. Who knows? Let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Join in on the conversation. Uh, Lori will do a post. We can chat it up there. And, uh, yeah, we're at Minority Corner on Instagram. We are at Minority Corner on all the things, right? Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think I think it's all the things. <laughs> yes, there it is. So uh, let us know what you think, your thoughts. That'll be the best way to get in touch with us. And also, you can also write us a review if you've not done so. Feel free to go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen Drop us a review. Let folks know they should be listening to us because you love us, which means if you love it, then, well, what's everybody waiting for? If it's got the stamp of your approval, then people get up on it. Well, I have to thank our lovely editor and producer, Sarah Brown, and our amazing production production coordinator, Lori Fowler, and to all of our wonderful Maximum Fun members and our listeners. We can't do the show without you. And thank y'all for listening to Minority Corner, because together we are the majority. Oh, yeah.
comedyandculture. Artist owned, audience supported.